to down to down to. Yeah. Miffed and peeved. Miffed and peeved. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be miffed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. It's a real word. It's a real word. It's a real word. I don't use it. Not in your vocab? Down to down. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of DailyThunder.com. We're also featured on Dash Radio Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 5 o'clock Central Time. If you're listening, we are an Oklahoma City Thunder show. And today we are brought to you by Grady Carter of Metro Brokers of Oklahoma. Grady Carter wants to be your homeboy. Visit him, homeboyok.com, homeboyok on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Grady is just the guy that you need if you're looking to get into a home in 2018. The market has really slowed down. This is a good time to start planning for 2018 if you want to sell your home or if you want to get into your dream home. Grady Carter is a G, is GRI designee, which means that he knows exactly how to get you into that home of your dreams. Grady is an incredible realtor, one that you need to get to know because he's also an incredible person. So, Call Grady Carter, get that house ready to sell, find the house that you want in the Oklahoma City area. He knows the market well. So contact Grady Carter, homeboyok.com. Quick announcement before we get to Matt Craig. My guy Matt Claxton at Road Crew One has won two tickets to see Animaniacs in concert Friday night, the Tower Theater. They will be sitting there waiting for you, Matt at will call so please go to the show have fun thanks for entering our contest and enjoy animaniacs with me today i've got mr matt craig matt what's up what's up apparently the thunder are good again uh so that makes doing the podcast maybe a little bit more fun we get to do a different kind of podcast today believe it or not (laughs) uh so the thunder won last night at home against the utah jazz 100 to 94 A game where the Thunder were down by 17 with four minutes left in the third quarter. Uh, And the defense clamped down. They started to make some shots. They ran some good sets. uh, And they pulled the game out. Uh, What are your thoughts from last night, Matt? Well, we flipped the script. I mean, I I know I'm not the first one to say that if anyone, you know, follows any Thunder media on Twitter. But instead of playing awful in the fourth quarter we played awful until the fourth quarter uh and then had one of those stretches that we've shown even in losses this season of how good the team can be uh and and showed kind of maybe the problem is just missing shots or maybe the problem is just good players playing bad because there was nothing wrong you know what's wrong with the thunder there was nothing wrong um, and the way they looked in the fourth quarter. And that was a great, great win because the Utah Jazz had been on a six-game winning streak. And not only that, they had been blowing people out. Uh, so that was, of the three wins in this streak that apparently will never die, uh, That was the this was definitely the best one. Yeah, I agree. And it just, I think something the Thunder had lacked is like an, a sense of urgency. Some people call it heart. Uh 
it just seemed like they would give up halfway through games if things weren't going their way. And they'd just continue to jack bad shots. And their defense would even weigh. And even though the Thunder have like a top five defense in the league, it would not be quite as good. Uh, and last night they show that they have that. Yep. I think that Antonio Daniels called it a character win. Like I totally agree with that point. Uh, it was it was a really it was a really good night for the Thunder. Uh, Stephen Adams continues his tear. Oh, 20, 20 and nine last night. Uh, he just dominated Gobert, and Gobert's coming off an injury, off a back to back. I was even surprised that Gobert played, um, but he did, and Stephen Adams uh, destroyed him. And Adams yeah. has been basically. He's been the third guy for the Thunder, and a lot. And the reason why is not because Adams is like forcing himself to be the third guy, which is something Adams would never do. It's that Carmelo Anthony has is like <laughs> willingly taking a back seat to him and letting him, yep. you know, have room to score more and have room to have the ball more. And you know, Melo took nine more shots than he did last night, but still, it's been I, a sacrifice. It's been a sacrifice for those for him in particular, which has been really kind of good to see i i agree and not to pat myself on the back but on two separate points uh at the moment i'm looking pretty smart one being the early december run that i have called on the podcast yes um and they've already beaten the best opponents in that run so that that's looking pretty good at the moment and second of all the say the suggestion shall i say of marginalizing Carmelo Anthony and bringing him down to the same level as Steven Adams is pretty much what the Thunder have done and have looked really good when they have done that. Um, so, you know, I'm not saying it's all my all, all my credit, but maybe like 70% of the Thunder's wins I should get the credit for, maybe. 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 Just saying. Uh, am, now, am I I'll, talking to Billy Donovan right now? Okay. Well... Maybe I am a close personal friend, you know, the shadow coach, if you will, of the team. But the the other thing I'll say about the game last night is this is what we expected from a team with three superstars was when the team's playing bad, one of the guys can kind of carry you through. Yeah. Um, and Russell Westbrook really did that for three quarters of the game. Really, I mean, they were down 17. So how much was he really keeping them in the game? But he carried the team when everyone else was playing bad, and that is a skill, a trait that uh, the Thunder really haven't gotten. When everyone else has been playing bad, the, all of the stars just you know fold in. Like you said, maybe at, at times you question their effort, but this was what we expected from the team, that on any given night, one of the stars could step up and carry the team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Westbrook was just unreal last night. The Thunder didn't really have a good game, and so it's good for them to win a game where they shot 22% from three, you know, and they only get seven points from their bench. And, uh, you know, Carmelo was, he scored 14 points on 19 shots. Like if I told you all those things, you're probably like, yeah, the Thunder probably lost to the jazz, but they really gutted out this win. And so that was really, yeah, really good to see. Uh, let's go to some questions. We'll try to get through as many of these as we can. Uh, this is from at bird terrifier. Can Carmelo dunk? <laughs> I really like that question. Uh, he dunked in the game last night, so I think that he answered that question last night, but uh, it's still a funny question because he does love to lay it up around the rim with both hands yeah. going up. Um, but yeah, uh, this is from JJ underscore Simps 97. Uh, 
What year-end awards do you see the Thunder players getting? Paul George mm. or Dre for Defensive Player of the Year, Adams for Most Improved, any All-NBA? Yeah, I think that's an interesting question, and there was a similar question. Uh, Shannon Ward, can we start an Adams All-Star campaign? <laughs> uh, but he said campaign with campaign like the oh. former Thunder player. Oh, uh, okay. That's a good one. No. <laughs> if Steve Adams keeps this up, then we really need to be talking about, uh, you know, he, he over the last three games, he has been 28 of 34 from the field and 22 points a game. He has just been sensational. That's pretty good. <laughs> yes. I mean, if he keeps that up, he's an all NBA type center. No question. But I mean, I think I think he would be. Like he will not be doing this the rest of the season, but he yeah. could keep this efficiency up and really, for the most part, has played at this efficiency um, all season. So most improved usually depends on guys scoring a lot of points. So I don't know that he would get that, but he's he's the most improved in our hearts. Uh, and then for I think it is interesting with the big three. What all awards will they get? Um at the moment, because of the Thunder being 11 and 12 and that sort of thing, I'm not sure. I think Russell Westbrook might get like a third team and then the other two are out. Yeah. And I that could improve depending on how the season you know turns out. But the way that, you know, these three games aside, everyone is back fully in on the Thunder being a really good team and all these guys being on the first team. But um, the way this season has started, I would say Westbrook third team and the other two guys, nothing. Yeah, I mean, I think the Thunder are going to end up with a top four-ish record in the West. And then I think that you could squeeze Paul George into one of those teams by season's end. Uh, As far as like major awards, I really don't see the Thunder getting any of them. Um, Defensive player of the year... I just don't know that they're going to give enough credit. I think Dre would probably be the guy that to deserve it when he's on the court. Uh, I talked about this on Monday. The Thunder have a 94 defensive rating, which is just absolutely insane. But I, I don't know that he'll get that credit. Um, and I, I don't know that Paul George will either. Steve, you're right. Steven Adams it will definitely be a candidate for most improved, but he'll just be one of those like fringy guys people talk about. Um and then I think you're right. All NBA is really the only thing that I think we'll be seeing for the Thunder at season's end, which is a good thing uh, and will matter in Paul George's contract going forward um, if he does squeeze in. But um, we'll we'll see. It really, you're right. It depends on the Thunder's record. It depends on how things gel going forward. But I don't see a ton of awards coming the Thunder's way at this point. Uh, let's see. Next question comes from always in forever art off the thunder questions but relevant and interesting have the warriors completely lost their minds they're completely out of control over there what in the world is going on durant has been ejected three times well yeah the warriors play fast and loose if you will like they this is kind of their thing is we don't really control our players it's kind of a weird philosophy for a team that's as good as they are um but that is strange. And the Steph Curry ankle, which is fine, uh, or not fine, but apparently not as bad as it, as it looked, um, makes you th- makes you think they still have a chance in the one seed. But I think one of the biggest developments of the season is that the Houston Rockets, to me, I think are going to finish with the one seed in the West. 
And because of that, and I think that was someone else's question. Let me find it. Yes, Austin Stern Sternlicht. Uh, how good is Houston odds? They finish with the one seed on a scale of obvious beyond obvious. How obvious is it that Eric Gordon is on some sort of steroids? <laughs> okay, that <laughs> that part is pretty funny. Um, but I think one of the biggest developments of the season is that the Houston Rockets will be the one seed in the West. Uh, you know, my prediction. But that allows the Thunder to get to the four seed. Uh, I don't know that they can pass the Spurs. And, you know, I think the Spurs are only going to get better when Kawhi Leonard comes back, obviously. And they already have such a big lead on the Thunder um, that that will be a tough one to overcome. But in terms of trying to avoid the Warriors, which even if the Rockets get the one seed, the Thunder want to avoid the Warriors at all costs, Mm -hmm. allows them to get to the four seed, which is definitely, definitely within reason. Um, So I think that's the biggest development of the season is the Thunder could still put themselves in in really, really good position for the postseason getting that fourth seed. Uh, and and if they keep playing well, I that's where I would slot them. Yeah, and it, it is really interesting. Uh, you know, Curry's going to miss like at least five games here coming up. And, you know, the, the Warriors have the talent to beat all five of those teams. Um, but it seems like they're they're just going to drop more games this season. The the Rockets are rolling, uh, and clearly you're still more scared of the Warriors come playoff time than you are the Rockets. Like I feel like yes. D'Antoni teams do this where they kind of max out who they are and what they can be during the regular season. When they get to the postseason, it's it's usually that's what you get, and there's really no different look. Uh, and and these guys also could be gassed by the postseason. These Rockets teams because it's they play a lot of minutes. James Harden plays a lot of minutes, um, and so I, I still think that you'd rather play the Rockets um, than the yeah. Warriors come the postseason. So uh, you're right. It does the the West itself has given the Thunder a lot of breathing room because really nobody besides those mm-hmm. top three teams are really going uh, have a really good record. Uh, and so it really, it's really played nice for the Thunder to be able to take their time and yeah. figuring themselves out. So the, the Thunder are only two games back of the four seed, even right now, even with how bad they've played. They're only two games behind the Nuggets and Timberwolves for the fourth seed. And I was talking about this with someone else um, this week. Like, are the Nuggets or Timberwolves going to win? How many games are they going to win? Are they going to win more than 50 games? You know, I don't know. I'm not super confident in that. So if the Thunder can get to like 49 wins, that might be enough for the fourth seed in the Western Conference. And that's that's kind of crazy to think about. And the Thunder potentially could be better than that. Uh, it would take some really good play. But um, I, I think the with how weak the Western Conference has looked and with some injuries sustained, you know, the Grizzlies went down and the Clippers went down, you know, because of injuries. But because of those things in the Western Conference not looking as strong, uh, I think that four seed is definitely the target. Yeah, and we could see the Thunder pass the Nuggets here in the next couple of weeks um, with all their injuries as well. So I, I would actually expect to see that with the Thunder schedule being soft. Um, and we can talk about that right now. Richards, Bryce, 35. How many games in a row can this streak last? OKC has a very, very easy schedule for a while. Yes, very easy schedule. However, I would like to point out that there are two instances of three games and four nights with the third game being a road game. So that is definitely, you know, that's the NBA formula 
uh, for Trap. And one of them is the Jazz at, again, at the Jazz. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was was a really good team. And I think the other one is... In New York. In New York, uh, which, you know, that's definitely, should be a win, but Madison Square Garden plus, you know, Porzingis, they don't look like as much of a a rollover. So Mm -hmm. those, those two games, especially in this upcoming stretch, are trap trap games just those are schedule losses quote unquote that you know that's what they call them and then if if you take away those you could go all the way to christmas day versus the rockets honestly um as far as i think the thunder could streak all the way to there uh i think they'll lose one of those third game in four nights though yeah and you know they got philly in philly which is a really tough game the sixers have been really good this year uh and then you're right. Like they have he, Brooklyn, Memphis, Charlotte, Indiana, Philly, New York, yeah. Denver, Utah, Atlanta, Utah. Before that Indiana Christmas. game is going to be emotional. I, I'll say that that yeah. that game could go either way. But when the Thunder get up for games like that, generally they're better. So I think that's a win. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's a let's you know pull this together for Paul George kind of deal. Like it would be it'd be pretty bad for for Paul to go back to Indiana for the first time and lose. I. I think it'll be kind of like when Kevin Durant first came back to OKC, and the and I hope they do this because the Warriors did this, and it didn't make sense to me as a Thunder fan, and it kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. But they were like, "We're going to just stomp the Thunder for you, Kevin Durant, even though we just took you from them. We're just going to stomp yep. them. We're going to make this even worse." Um, so yeah, I mean, I I mean, if I were to predict, I would say that they could. So right now they have won three in a row and so four five six seven at least seven in a row i would guess because then they have philly on the road which i think is kind of an iffy game um so i'll put the streak at seven well and, and the thing i'll say is like okay streaks are great but i'll take a bunch of those winning three of four segments mm-hmm. you know like yeah. if we lose one of those three games before and then we win three in a row again or four in a row again and then and then lose one like that's a trade that i will gladly make mm-hmm. <laughs> uh for the thunder's record and that would show some consistency you're not going to win every night but winning groups of games like that would show the consistency that the thunder having so far yeah if they could if they lost in philly and then won another five in a row going into christmas day I mean that's a that's a really really good month for a Thunder team that has, I mean they've really struggled so, yep. um, it would be nice. I would like to thank the press for sponsoring today's show. If you haven't been to the press yet, and it's probably because it's just a brand new restaurant. It's in the Plaza District near downtown Oklahoma City. Uh, it's incredible. It's kind of tucked away in there in the Plaza, so you kind of have to look for it. So make sure you got your Google Maps out. Uh, but it's an incredible space, like just a cool restaurant cool looking really thoughtful uh in its decorations and things like that just a cool place but really above all the food is just incredible if i'm you i'm going for the brunch they have cornflake fried chicken sandwich the biscuits and gravy breakfast hash chicken fried ribeye just incredible stuff I would go check out their brunch. They have a great, obviously great food selection, but they also have a good drink selection. So Saturday, you're like, man, I'm waking up a little bit late. I need to go for some brunch. 
go check out the press today. You can go to their website, thepressokc.com. Check them out on social media, the press OKC. Uh, incredible place. Go check out the press and support the people that support Down to Dunk. Uh, this is from Rambo0427. Do you think that some of the Thunder struggles on offense come down to just a lack of ball handlers? It seems like they're okay passers, but outside of Russ, no one can penetrate well. Well, I mean, I don't know necessarily if that's the case. Like, Paul George is an excellent penetrator when he wants to, and Carmelo Anthony is a good penetrator and a really good finisher at the rim when he wants to. Um, But it seems like when the big three are trying to work together or defer or, you know, whatever you want to call it, but getting all three of those guys in the court, for some reason, they then are really tentative to drive to the rim. Uh, and I don't, I don't really know if I blame that on lack of ball handlers, just because it seems like the Thunder are able to get into their sets and get the ball where it needs to go. It's just where it needs to go. Those guys are deciding um, to pull up for jump shots more often than not. And I mean, again, they're they're good jump shooters, and they've they're better than they've shown this season. Uh, but obviously the Thunder would like to get to the rim a lot. However, I don't think that comes from a lack of ability. I just think it's uh, this confusing thing that no one can explain. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's shot selection. I don't think that it's ball handling. I think, I mean, there's not a ton of good passers on this team. I mean, there's a few. Uh, There's not a lot of good ball movers, especially the role players. There's not a lot of good ball movers. Uh, so I think that that is a problem, but I just think it's shot selection. I don't think that these guys need to stop taking twos. I just think they need to stop taking long contested twos. You know, they got, they got a really good shot, um, off like a little pick and pop from Mello last night where he was wide open for a two toward the end of that jazz game. And great. That's a fantastic shot for Mello. If he's wide open, let him do that. Uh, there's a lot of times where they won't go to the rim. Like I agree with the ball handling, I guess at least to an extent, but it's not because of a lack of ability. It's just, they just stop doing it. And so going toward the basket, taking bad shots is, is to me is the biggest part of it. And they're starting to clean that up a little bit. They're starting to trust each other a little bit. They've run a few different plays where they seems like they're leveraging their talent to get somebody a good shot. They did that several times. That's how they got mellow in the post twice last night that both ended up in points. So I, I I think that they're starting to trust each other a little bit more and starting to move the ball a little bit better and their shot selection is has been a little yep. bit better too. So I, I think all those things are kind of a combination. That also seemed a little bit like a little bit of a shot at Thunder Legend Raymond Felton, so I'm slightly offended. Yeah. <laughs> oh Ray. I, I love Ray Felton, uh, but he takes the dumbest shots sometimes. <laughs> no question. Uh, this is from at P underscore H underscore F three. How real is the grant pick and roll? Is it legit? or just lucky the last few games. Hmm. Uh, wow. Well, it's certainly not as powerful as the Steven Adams pick and roll. I, I can tell you that that has become <laughs> yeah. a nuclear weapon, uh, for the Oklahoma city thunder. Now, I mean, I think grant has been really good rolling to the rim. I think, Coming into the season, they would have hoped that he could pop a little bit more. That's definitely not the case. But, man, the, the guy is an absolute pogo stick. Um, and when he gets it in there, you know, it does not take a lot of space for him to, to elevate, obviously. So I, I think it's legit to a point. I don't think 
you know, it's going to be a huge part of the offense. But when he's on the floor, uh, I think he can run it pretty well. I don't, I don't really see that being something that goes, you know, off the deep end at any point. Yeah, I think that it's a strong point for him this season. I think he's improved around the rim. I think that he's more controlled, um, even when he's contested. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any, you're right. There's no reason that it should fall off a cliff. There's no reason that it shouldn't work going forward. Uh, and I like Grant as like the backup center. Um, so I think that they'll continue to use him in that way. And, you know, they're not using him in spot up situations quite as much, which I think is good because he hasn't hit his threes, but they are finding ways to use him going toward the basket, uh, which last year I would have said you're crazy to try to do that. But this year he's a better player. So, yeah, the thing I'd say, I like him at backup center. He just needs to rebound better. He has not done a good job rebounding for a center. So Yeah, and he that's going to be his weak point probably. Yeah. I mean, all season it will be. But yeah, right. if, if he could improve that, then you're looking at a really, really quality backup center that can you know get out on the wing and defend. Yeah. Uh, Allen underscore Miller 12, what has been the most clutch performance you've ever done or experienced? Oh, so what I've done personally? Yes. Okay, I don't. Want, I almost don't want to tell this story because I I'm going to come across like super into myself. Yes, uh, tell it. So I just want that disclaimer. Do not edit out that disclaimer because okay. <laughs> uh, I don't want people to hate me. But this is the probably the this is definitely the peak of my basketball career and probably the peak of my life if we're being completely honest with each other. Um, no, the I I was at an AAU tournament in Indianapolis um, and we were playing this team that was sponsored by Adidas and we were down by seven points with a minute and a half left and. Um, I it was I we were down eight points in a minute and a half left and I, I ended up scoring all eight points um, and this one like three to tie it was like a step back three and I got super pumped up and we ended up beating this team that was way way better than us and uh, the only recruiting calls I got were all because of that one game um, and yeah that was probably the highlight of my life wow that is amazing. Uh, sometimes when I'm up real early and my whole family's asleep, uh, a, I've had this happen a couple of times, a coffee, I'll open up a cabinet and a coffee mug will fall out and I will just catch it in midair. So just incredibly clutch. Man, I wish I had thought of something like that, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> um, I was in the building at Oklahoma State when, uh, when Kevin Durant came for his one year at Texas and Mario Bogan uh, just took it to him and ended up yeah. winning a game in triple overtime, which was maybe one of the most clutch moments that, that I've ever the, seen. The, the biggest one I experienced, honestly, might have been last night. I was at the Ball State Notre Dame game because uh, obviously I go to Ball State and and Taylor Persons, our point guard, hit a contested three pointer with like two seconds left in the game tied uh, to beat the number nine team in the country wow. on their home floor. And it was just stones. I'm sure it was SC top 10 this morning. I haven't, I haven't looked, but it was a terrible, terrible attempt. Uh, <laughs> and he just drained it in Rex Fluger's face for the win. And it was the most hyped I've been in a long, long time. So that was the probably honestly the most clutch thing I've ever experienced. Uh, a Thunder game. Luke and I were at this game and it was game five of the Clippers series like three or four years ago, I think, uh, when the Thunder were down like five points with like 30-something seconds left, and they ended up 
pulling the game away. That's when Kevin Durant's sitting on the opposite side of the court while Russ is shooting those three free throws and sinks them all. But Durant came and watch. Uh, that game was just insane because it just felt like there was just no way people had left the people behind us had left the game because they thought the Thunder were going to lose and they ended up winning it. Um, next question, Kaiser roll 14. Can you provide instructions for unpressing the panic button? <laughs> what is it with the panic button? I don't know. People, I mean, it's been a question all year. Can I push it now? We yeah. let me push it now. And and I remember you guys saying on the the Dream Team podcast like, okay, push it. Now what? You know yeah. what? What did that do? What did <laughs> what did us President Pennington go do? Um, let, give me some time to think about that, and I will give you detailed instructions next week. Yeah, well, step by step. For now, stay panicked. <laughs> uh, Nathan Brewer, eighty nine. Are we back? <laughs> I, I love this uh, because as a college basketball fan, everyone was was saying this last year with Duke. Like, is Duke back? Is Duke back? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I let's. I just say let's go all in. Yeah, why not? We're gonna win. We're gonna rip off. What's the record? Thirty in a row. What? Is it some, something like that? Yeah, I'm those, all in. Those, We're never losing again. <laughs> They're gonna be that Rockets team from a few years ago with Shane Battier when Yao Ming went out. Wow, um, that's a little bit of an insult, honestly, to our team. But <laughs> we're never losing again, man. Never ever. Um, Ross Patterson, ninety three. How can the Thunder get the bench more involved? Ooh, hmm. that's an interesting question. Um, when the Thunder made their run last night, I thought this was interesting. They were down twelve points going into the fourth quarter in the lineup of Raymond Felton. Andre Robertson, Paul George, Jeremy Grant, and Patrick Patterson was on the floor and cut it to six uh, in the first like five minutes of the fourth quarter. So the the bench was was better then. I I agree with what you said though, which is I think Alex Brandon should play more. I mean he wasn't he wasn't great last night, you know. Like he and he hasn't been great really all season. <laughs> so I'm not trying to say that, but I do agree with what you were saying about him getting more minutes. Um, and at some point the thunder will shorten up the rotation a little bit and maybe get a little more consistent. And I think that will help when it comes to uh, bench production. Yeah. I, I don't, the thunder are just not going to have a good bench. And as far as like scoring goes, like they're just not going to get a ton of scoring from their bench. And the nights they do, I think a lot of times it's come from Jeremy Grant. I think there will be a night here where Abrinas will hit, you know, four, four out of five threes, something like that. Um, but yeah, it's just not going to, they don't have a go-to guy off the bench and it's because they have their, you know, four best scores on the court to start the game. And that's not a bad thing. I think that that's how the Warriors are. You know, the Warriors don't get a ton of scoring production from their bench, uh, so I just don't think it has to be. I think a lot of people think like you got to have a six man or you got to have some scoring punch off the bench, and that I think it'd be nice for the Thunder, but I don't think it's necessary for them to win. I think the defensive production they got from Grant and Patterson was really a lot. Uh, and then Abrinas, even though he didn't he didn't play very well last night, someone asked um, Preston Billy asked about Abrinas asked if he played well last night. And I thought he was okay. Uh, but just the fact that he's a threat to shoot and that you have to guard him, it changes the floor completely. So when you have like a Josh Hustis or you have a Terrence Ferguson out there, people aren't going to guard those guys. Uh, until Hustis starts hitting consistently, no one's going to guard him. Uh, Terrence yep. Ferguson's a rookie. You don't have to guard a rookie unless he's getting hot, and he hadn't been hot at all this year. So just the fact that you have to guard him 
helps this team. And when he does start hitting those threes, I think that you know we'll we'll see an improved Thunder team overall. Um, but for now, like he helps the team, but he wasn't great last night. Like he mm-hmm. was he was a he was a zero plus minus. That's probably what he was. <laughs> like he mm-hmm. wasn't he wasn't really great, and he wasn't killing the team either. So mm-hmm. I agree. I agree on all fronts. Uh, at Russ underscore Hala says I met a local waiter from New Zealand. He got off <laughs> got on the topic of Stephen Adams. Said that they were from the same hometown, and he served him a few times. What do we think is Adams' go-to dish? Yeah, I don't know why, but the first thing that popped in my head was like poutine. <laughs> yeah, but he would like that. I think it's meat pies. That's like a thing in New Zealand. Uh, there you go. And so, look I'll, at you, so cultured. I'll bet. <laughs> yeah, I'm so cultured. Uh, Taylor, who's on the Friday Pod, actually lived in New Zealand for a summer, and so we got to hear a lot of stories about meat pies and things like that. And he even, what's funny is that Adams was back in New Zealand while um, Taylor was there, and they were on the same bus at one point, hmm. which is super crazy. Um, but I think it's meat pies, but I, I, you just hear stories about Adam's, you know, eating and that he'll order, like he'll go to a restaurant and order like three appetizers and two big entrees and he'll still have dessert. And then he'll ask everybody like why they're not hungry as they eat like a normal meal. So I just, yeah, that's like, a, that's on my bucket list to just grab a meal with Steven Adams. Uh, that would, that would be incredible. That would be great. Uh, JT, how did you say his name last week? Because this is the person where they said that. Oh, Blunt. Blunt. JT Blunt, too. Just wanted to get it right, John. Um, (laughs) How many points will Steven Adams have in December? And on what shooting percentage will he keep up these big numbers? I mean, yeah, I think the the shooting percentage should stay the same. He's pretty much making one foot layups that he's throwing down at the rim you know mm-hmm. um i think the shooting percentage will be i don't know what what's a realistic number like 70 <laughs> percent yeah i mean it is it just sounds yeah. crazy but yeah that sounds crazy to- i think totally i think true. he could yeah. i think he could do that now i don't think he's gonna average 22 points a game um i i mean i think i do think that he could average 15 points a game and that would be an excellent month for him uh, and I yeah. think the, the way that he has played, the Thunder are going to continue to try and get him involved just because it's come with wins. Um, I, I mean, I, if you're Carmelo Anthony, I know you love shooting the basketball, but you've got to look at the recent, you know, what Coach Billy Donovan's been saying and then the recent results and, and try to continue this for Steven Adams. So I, I think 15 points on 70% shooting is a heck of a month. Yeah. And if you want a total points, John Blunt, 300 points total on the month um, for Stephen Adams. It's it, it's kind of crazy to even think that he would do that at the start of the season. But he's – and if you look at, like, what he's got coming up, you know, Brooklyn, like, um, McKelly Bear and I talked about this being a night where he could put up 30, um, given the chance, because they don't really – they have a rookie, you know, you know, center and then nobody really else to defend him. So – It'd be a good night to get him a lot, a lot of looks. Um, let's see. Someone asked Thunder Obstinance, OKC Obstinance asked about them trading Paul George to the deadline. They're not trading Paul George no matter what. I mean, I just don't think that, that that's even in consideration. I don't know if you heard, but we're never losing again. That's right. If you didn't hear the news earlier, <laughs> the 
<laughs> okay, see, Austin 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 Why would we <laughs> trade him if we're never going to lose? That's right. Uh, the 97 Gunner is Russ better suited to play alongside 3 and D players with low usage, like Danny Green? Or is Paul George's playmaking and Melo's shot-creating ability more helpful, especially in the clutch, so that these teams just can't triple-team Russ? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think this is an interesting question because if you were building teams around any of our three players, Carmelo, Anthony, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, like you, you wouldn't build them the way the Thunder are. It's, I don't know, like it's an interesting dichotomy between what's best for the players and what's best for the team, right? Mm -hmm. Like Russ would be better playing alongside four Danny Greens, you know, but you know, would that be a better team than what the Thunder's peak is? You know, it's, and that, that right there is exactly what, all the talk has been about, you know, how the the three stars can play together and because they can be so, so good together. Uh, but in, in doing so probably not as good for each of them individually. So, I mean, I think that's the, that's the whole argument. Um, yes, Russ would be better playing alongside low, low usage three and D players, but would it, would it be a better team? Yeah. And I think that, the Thunder could rip off like 55 wins or something like that if they had that kind of team. And, you know, Russ could have a chance at another MVP. But I think when you get to playoff time, it's too predictable. And you you might see another, you know, first round and out or second round and out. Uh, and I think that that's like the ceiling for that kind of team. Uh, you need you need more than just one weapon, basically, uh, to, to, you know, get far in the playoffs and, you know, you saw that with the Rockets last year, where that's basically what they had was James Harden surrounded by all these shooters, and they flamed out against the San Antonio Spurs. And you know, the Thunder would probably be a team like that, but this team has the potential to get to the conference finals. Still, I know it's been a really rough season, uh, but the Thunder have the talent to get to the end of the season and not have the second best record, but to be the second best team in in the Western Conference going into the playoffs. And there could be a really scary team that could still meet the Warriors in the West Finals, and I wouldn't pick them to beat the Warriors, but I, you know, would pick them to win at least a game or two. And then you're talking about you know this team possibly staying together. So uh, this team has a high ceiling, um, and so I, I wouldn't like wish for a different team at this point if I was a Thunder fan, just because I. I think that when you get to the playoffs, the game changes, and you need as many guys that can get their own as you can as you can find, and that's what the Thunder have, and that's why the Rockets went and got Chris Paul because he's another guy that can get his own and find other people. Um, so, I mean, that you try to get as many elite talents and elite scoring talents as you can, and you know, hope for the best. And the Thunder already have in place an elite defense, and once they get their offense together, I have faith that they'll get this offense to be you know, the 10th or 12th best offense in the NBA by season's end, then you're talking about a dangerous team. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that the Thunder need to worry about like trying to maximize what Russell Westbrook is. Um, you know, he showed last night, he got a 30 point triple double. So like the dude is not like struggling by any means, mm-hmm. um, you know, recently. So I, I still think you got to stick with this team. They have the talent to be exceptional. Um, we just haven't really seen it yet. So, but I think that at some point we will. Yeah, I agree. And the and Russell Westbrook was pretty darn good last night, and pretty darn good in the Warriors game, yep. which was the team's best game of the season. So, I I mean, I think he is still capable of playing at that level with this team. It's not like he needs to, 
you know, play bad or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like he can't play good with these guys. Yep. Uh, Matt, thanks for joining us today. We can follow you on Twitter at Mr. Matt Craig. We can read you uh, at the Athletic Fieldhouse for college basketball, sure. Daily Thunder on Saturdays. Uh, yes. really, really good stuff on Daily Thunder. Make sure you're checking that out. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Downs Dunk. Continue to leave us five star iTunes reviews. We really appreciate you guys doing that. And we'll talk to you guys again on Friday.